Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwill. I appreciate you joining me again today on our chapter day journey. We're in Daniel chapter 3, and it was verses 16 through 18 that resonated this morning. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Today's podcast is entitled Culture and Compromise. I've recently been devouring a series of fictional spy thrillers by one of my favorite authors writing under a pen name. In one of the books, the author uses a real event from post-World War II history as a backdrop to one of the stories. As a lover of history, I was amazed that I don't ever remember learning about it. Scholars have said that it is the most horrific example of human cruelty in the 20th century, ranking its intensity as worse than that of the Holocaust, though its scope was relatively small. It happened in communist Romania. Petesti Prison, I think it's pronounced Pesti Prison, was the center of an experimental re-education system that was focused on mainly young men who politically opposed the communist regime, and many of them did so because of their Jewish or their Christian faith. No one knows how many victims were subjected to the horror. Estimates range from 780 up to 5,000, and it lasted from 1949 to 1951. The experiment's goal was to re-educate prisoners into discarding past religious convictions and ideology, and eventually to alter their personalities to the point of absolute obedience. It systemically tortured subjects, both psychologically and physically. Subjects were forced to identify those among their torturers who were less brutal or more indulgent in their torture. Public humiliation was used to get subjects to denounce all personal beliefs, loyalties, and values, which included sacrilegious and blasphemous rituals meant to mock the actual religious rituals the victims had originally held dear. The descriptions of the torture, the humiliation, are so horrific that I refuse to even describe them. The past few days, the Pateshti prison experiment has come to mind as I read about the re-education that the ancient Babylonians put Daniel and his friends through. Obviously, their experiences described in the past two chapters has been fairly benign, intended to identify the best of the best for key roles in the king's administration. But that doesn't mean it didn't have its dangers. History is filled with stories of rulers with absolute power who entertained themselves by making subjects do unimaginable things and killing individuals in horrific ways just for sport. The ancient Assyrians and Babylonians were known for their brutality. It's one of the reasons they successfully conquered so much territory in building their empires. Today's chapter is one of the most famous stories within the great story. The king sets up a giant image out on a plane and demands everyone to bow down and worship it. 
The re-educated captives from Judah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refused to do so in obedience to the law of Moses. As it said in Exodus, you shall have no other God before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven or on the earth or beneath the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. The king, furious over the refusal, threw the three of them into a giant furnace, uh, one that was likely used in the forging and erecting of the giant statue. The king looks into the furnace to watch them burn, only to see them just kind of hanging out. With a fourth individual, the king describes as a son of the gods. God miraculously protects the boys, and Nebuchadnezzar promotes them. In the quiet this morning, I find myself continuing to contemplate the idea of loving one's enemy or enemies and maintaining one's faith even in the midst of an antagonistic culture. Now, I am eternally grateful not to have been subjected to an experience like Pateshti prison or its ancient Babylonian equivalent. Nevertheless, I must consider even a relatively free and tolerant culture how much I'm willing to compromise with popular culture, and when I must draw the line because of the convictions of my faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were given a very clear line by King Nebuchadnezzar, along with a very stark consequence for non-capitulation. Along my spiritual journey, I found it difficult when the lines of compromise are vague and the consequences seemingly non-existent. So that's what I'm thinking about today. I hope you have a great day, wherever this finds you, my friend. Have a good one. Lord willing, we'll be back here tomorrow.